When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. This Monday lunchtime to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Colin Watt, and joining me today we have James McKenzie. And um, well, for the last time ever, Amy Canavan. Amy, you're leaving us. My day one, you've got me emotional. Look at this. Um, I am Colin. Sadly, I'm having to hang up my beloved, my beloved freelancing boots, which James, I highly recommend. Just freelance the minute you leave uni. Don't go into a full-time job. Freelancing is the way to go. Says me now who's going against everything that I preach. Um, I should practice what I preach quite literally. Um, and, yeah, I'm going into to some full-time employment. So I must, um, yeah, must leave the Axom Airways. But I've loved it. You know, I've loved every single second of it with a state of mind as well. 
Um, obviously, you've been the biggest highlight call on day one and then day whatever this day is, two years down the line. However that? many days that is, 600 odd, whatever it is. Too many, yeah. Too many, too many. But um, no, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So, yeah, happy to go again for, for one last time. Yeah, I mean, two years you've been here. Um, as you said, you've had your own show, the Soccer Supernova. You've been on here. Uh, we've done a Euros coverage. We've done... It was great fun. Oh, we've done lots of stuff together. But if you had to pick out one highlight over the time, what would you say has been your oh, best uh, moment here on The State of Mind? Um, messaged me last night saying that you were going to ask me this. What's been my favourite moment on The State of Mind? Um well, I was promised that I was going to get to interview Joe Ledley and I never got that. So there's always going to be that caveat. Um, I probably, I certainly say it means I was being brilliant. Um, but personally, the, the soccer supernova stuff's been amazing. You know, getting to interview, not perhaps the most glamorous name, but Mark Wilson was a big one. Um, and, you know, for someone in James and I's profession, you, get, you know, getting to chat with Archie McPherson will forever Um live in the memory. Paul Elliott as well was a was a tremendous guest that I, I thoroughly enjoyed spending spending time with. So I think getting to, to do the interviewing sort of thing, so obviously that is where I um where I want to be going with my career. Um but I still excited mind wise. Certainly no the first year. I came during the worst possible year. <laughs> that was like horrendous. Joined in the, the October of the season that season. Um so that, that first six months or so was just horrendous. Um and it was painful. Um, I came just yeah about two months before the whole Dubai debacle um, but you know over the last year it's been a lot more joyful and, and Angie certainly played a, a huge part in that now thank God so um, aye there's been plenty of highs few lows as well not went without um, having some, some problems but uh, getting chucked a few comments but other than that I've, I've loved every minute of it I really have yeah, you, I mean, as you say, there's there's always been highs. We've had lows. We don't need to cover all of them. I, I do remember back to... <laughs> oh, there's that get, one in get, particular. <laughs> when we get blamed for Peter Lowell's house going on fire that day, that was... I lost a lot of my own credibility there as well. That was, I was a lot of crying that day. God, oh, that, that, was was a, a, that was a wild day. Um, but I yeah, some really nice... I was going to say some really nice comments coming in. Start with this one here from Magnet67. You've been a joy to listen to, Amy. You'll be missed, but you'll always be part of the Axon family. No one has that's... ever said that I've been a joy to listen to. Certainly not my mum and my dad who are upstairs listening. Like they're going to be delighted that they don't need to shut up at half twelve every Monday now because I'm, I'm obviously a huge prima donna and make the whole house go in total utter lockdown. You know, phones off the hook because who else uses a landline now but this household? Um, but no, I've, I have enjoyed it and I appreciate all these comments coming in. It's lovely. Craig M coming in saying Amy's away, gutted. I think that's uh, sharing the feelings. And Francisco, well done, you know, um, good old Franny, saying thanks for the memories, Amy. Good luck for your future and your future endeavours. James, we're going to miss her, aren't we? No, James is not. <laughs> oh, apparently James is not. <laughs> you know, apparently James is froze, young okay. ones that just come in and they just have yeah. no respect. <laughs> I think James will need to get you to drop out and come back in. I think your signal. James, might I, have get just went there. I get him in with the rosy posy, trying to keep that love continuing on Axon, and I, this back. is what I get back in thanks. No, so James will come back in a wee exactly. moment. Exactly, um, Colin. Kick him out. Imagine that. It's terrible. <laughs> How dare he? How dare he? No, well, Amy, we are going to be talking about a victory for your last podcast. That's not a bad way to go out. A two-one win through in Perth on Saturday. 
Um, lunchtime kickoff for that one. First of all, six changes made to the team that lost to Leipzig um, through the week. We saw Carter Vickers return, Ralston, Bernabe, Abada, Haksabanovic, and Georgios Jakimakis. Were any of those a surprise to you? Those um, changes in the, the Celtic lineup. Um, I would say Bernabe was it was definitely a shock. Um, you know, obviously, I can't not go on my last pod and not talk about the Greg Taylor fan club yet again. Um, so I'm a proud member of that. That will continue. Any future people who want to join, feel free. Um, but no, I thought I, I was a bit surprised, and, and especially the fact that that. Um, that Greg Taylor wasn't involved, obviously, in in the match they squads at all. That was a, a little bit of a shock, but um, and probably Carter Vickers because we just wasn't quite too sure how soon he would be back. Um, but it's great, obviously, to have him back in that game rather than chucking him right in tomorrow, even if he was, um, you know, fit, fit or not. It's nice to get that ninety minutes under the belt as well, obviously with the um, with the captain's armband as well. So I would say those two in particular were um, were probably the shock, and maybe Haksibanovic just because of where he was mm-hmm. playing. Um, but you know, I'm more than happy to see him in in the starting lineup. Probably just not where we expected him to be, but my God, he took that um, like to a duck to water. Yeah, James, we're just saying there. Um... The six changes to the team. Yes, welcome back, James. <laughs> it should be yeah. fine now. <laughs> yeah, he's good now. He's good now. Um, six changes to the team that lost to Leipzig through the week. Who was the one that sort of surprised you most? Amy was saying probably somewhere between Bernabe and Haksavanovic. Um, but then when you look at the, the 90 minutes that both of them had, both of them very solid and could arguably argue for their place in the team tomorrow night. Yeah, I was a bit shocked with the amount of rotation there was when the team lineup first got announced. I just sort of thought back to the 2 0 loss against St. Martin. And I was starting to panic a little bit. But I was really surprised that Oliver Abelgard didn't start. I was mm. trying to decipher the formation that we'd played, but I didn't really understand it. But I'm sort of the same, but I was a bit shocked that Greg Taylor dropped out. I don't even think he was on the bench. No. And I didn't expect Tag Savanovic to be starting, especially through the middle, but I was pleasantly surprised with the players that did come into the team. I thought Alexandro Bernabe was absolutely fantastic down the left-hand side. I thought his pace and his enthusiasm was brilliant, and the cross, which led to the winner, was absolutely phenomenal. And I thought, I thought Sead Haxmanovic was pretty good as well. I think it was his first start in the league. And he got the, you know, he claimed the goal, but it was turned in by Andy Constein. But I thought those were sort of the two standouts from the changes that we made. Yeah, I was surprised um, to see Ralston come in. I know Juranovic has been probably getting a bit of slack recently, but I thought he would try and maybe play him through this uh, bit of form. Um, no surprise, actually, to see Giacomacchus come in for Kyogo. Um, I thought this is one of those pitches where, when you look at it, a lot of things are going to come through the air, um, and it really didn't suit Kyogo's style of football to play there. That's always been a horrible place to go and play football. And even in towards the sort of end of summer, beginning of autumn, that pitch was a, a bobbling disgrace. And I, I don't understand how a team like St Johnston can't get that fixed. It's, it's the same year after year after year. It, it's really frustrating. Um, but apart from that, I think the changes kind of made sense. You look at Cameron and Carter Vickers coming in, Amy, you said you were surprised. I think that came down to the fact that, obviously, um, Jens had to miss out with what we believe is a flu. Um, so hopefully he will be fit for tomorrow night as well. Um, but yeah, Bernabe and Haxabanovic, probably the big surprises in there, and both of them stepped up to the plate. And we're going to take a, 
our way through the, the chances and the opportunities um, of the game. And we're also going to look back at some of the controversial moments and see what you guys thought of them. First of all, speaking of um, Bernabe, some great link-up play down the left-hand side, Amy, with Jota. Um, you could tell that early on that they had a really good um, understanding of each other. And the cross comes over after eight minutes and Leila Bada, I don't know what he was thinking. Did he catch it wrong? Did he just not expecting it? But it was a terrible connection. He had an open goal and he missed an absolute sitter. And it sort of set the tone for how that first half was going to go for Celtic. He could have had about three hat-tricks of Bada. And that's not even a um, stretch of the imagination. Seeing a lot of comments after yesterday that Baden Kai had the worst miss, worst miss of the weekend for Hearts. There's no way that Bata's is the, you know, that is the worst miss. Um, it's just, aye, one of those that I think that you would just replay in your sleep all night because it's, you know, it's harder to miss. It's all those cliches. Um, but... He, he, like I say, he had a hundred. You know, he easily could have had a first half, first half hat trick, and there was a few in the second half as well that he really should have buried away. Um, but it was just almost one of those afternoons, and I know we've said that the last few weeks, and maybe that's why you know a little bit of concerns creeping in amongst others. But shooting boots will return um, because you know the, the opportunities are being created, and I think that's what you just need to highlight there. So you're spot on and speaking highly of you know the link up play between Bernabe and, and Jota, which was yeah, it was great to see. Um, and it, it seemed really natural as well. Um, but poor Abada, poor Abada. <laughs> yeah, poor Abada, right enough. And James, it was just one of those you feel as if that went in early doors, the floodgates could have opened because St Johnston just did not look comfortable when Celtic were coming at them and they got away with a couple in the first half. Yeah, I'm the sort of person that when a game of football, I just say, we just need a goal and then the floodgates are open. Every game without fail, I'll say it. But I thought, Bada had a little bit of an off day for me. I mean, he had a couple of decent chances in the second half and then Jota puts that on an absolute plate for him. You've got to be confirming that. And especially how frustrating the last few games have been with some missed chances. But you don't want to be too negative after the euphoria of a result like that. The euphoria that we'll get to very, um, very shortly. But again, Celtic's dominance continued. We ended up with 75% possession overall in the game, creating 11 chances with four of them on target. One that wasn't on target but looked very, very close was Matt O'Reilly after 17 minutes. Um, some good work again down the left-hand side um, and it fell to the feet of Matt O'Reilly who got it out of his feet. Looks as if he connected with it really nicely um, and it comes off the post of Remy Matthews, Amy. And, Again, it's something that I don't think we've done a lot of recently is take those sort of pop shots from the edge of the box. I think especially on a surface like that, it's something we should be doing a lot more. Yeah, Ryan Christie certainly would be. Um, <laughs> no, it's, um, it is something that I think we should be doing more, especially when you know, Matt Riley certainly got it in his locker, um, as has Rio Hatate. I wouldn't mind seeing Haxbanovic have a pop from that sort of distance as well. It was a very attacking line-up, um, you know, that kind of goes without saying, but there wasn't a lot of that sort of edge-of-the-area shooting, which, you know... On that pitch, on that surface that we've been speaking about, you know, Remy Matthews is actually a decent keeper and he's, he's kept St Johnson in it a few times this season already and he's going to be um, crucial to, to them staying up if, if they can, um, which I do think they will, actually. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I would have just tested them a little bit more from distance. You know, they're going to St. Johnson are going to sit back, shut up shop, be as defensive as possible. You know, they, they were signed as a as a flat back four, but you know, Ryan McGowan would drop deeper in it, be a five, and at times you can know, you even see it as a six. Um, so th- there's no harm in taking that kind of shot from from that range, and especially after that early one from O'Reilly, which yeah, obviously was just a little bit off. Um, I've expected them to certainly have a few more pops from there, but. I think it's something that maybe, I don't know, maybe it's something that Angelo Scoggle doesn't necessarily encourage because you can see it at times. I always think, like, we talk about, like, Arsenal. Like, I always think that, like, Arsenal under Wenger would always try to pass it in and walk the mm-hmm. ball in. You can sort of see that creeping in a little bit to Celtic's playing. It's just that overplaying of the final pass. So when the shot maybe does open up on the edge of the box, it's like, right, no, well, to take that other pass out, maybe try and go out wide and work the ball in. And I know, obviously, you get a lot of joy from that, but switch things up a bit is maybe becoming just a little bit too predictable. I think that's maybe a reason why um, the, the goals haven't become a plenty so far this last maybe three weeks, something like that, three, four weeks. Um, but yeah, when you've got the quality that Celtic do in the midfield, you know, he's even obviously not for a while now, but Cal McGregor, I don't mind him taking a, a shot from distance. And I don't know the last time that, you know, he actually, I, I can remember more times that I've been frustrated and, pleading for him to take the shot than, than not. So um, it is a little bit surprising, absolutely. But I think it has to be something that's getting drilled in because you know these are the type of players that have that instinct to have a shot on target and they're not. So they're obviously getting told not to. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've noticed, James. We've, got, we've gone from this sort of free-scoring um, team to a team that's now struggling to break down the sort of 10 men behind the ball. And you're thinking, if we can't get into the box, you, you want to take a pop shot from the edge. You never know that something might spill we could tap one in, someone might get a deflection, um, as we see from the, the first goal when we get to that. It's just a case of maybe changing things up a wee bit and just having that um, encouragement to take a shot from maybe 25, 30 yards and just seeing where it goes. Yeah, it's really frustrating when you're watching a team like overplay and try and just pass the ball in every single game. And it's not just against these smaller teams in Scottish football. We saw it against... Shakhtar Donetsk as well in the Champions League we're even doing it on the biggest stage I think players like Matt O'Reilly are really guilty of that but then again some of his free kicks were decent in the game so I can't be too critical and then I thought Rio Tati was absolutely fantastic at the weekend he was able to open up the play pretty well I thought and the pass through to Haksabanovic that set up the, the first goal eventually I thought that was absolutely phenomenal as well so sometimes we are really guilty of overplaying it and it does get frustrating but then when you see moments magically like that from Hattati it's hard to criticise Yeah we're going to get to that then so the first goal 41 minutes in as you mentioned a great pass from Hattati absolutely splits open the St Johnston defence Haksabanovic who I was very impressed with him overall on Saturday I thought he had a very good performance he drills the ball across low and hard uh, and it comes off the boogie and Andy, Co- Andy Considine who puts it into his own net. Probably the second most embarrassing thing he's done after that music video. Um, but Amy, it was about time that Celtic got the scoring going. And if you're going to pick a time, just before half time is exactly when you want to take the lead. Yeah, because it'd have been um, a very frustrating half time if you know Celtic hadn't been able to or didn't have anything to show, rather, for, for their first-half efforts. Because, especially in the first half, it was total dominance. In the second half, you're going to expect uh, 1-0 for St. Johnson to creep into the game a little bit more and um, 
get a get a few chances notched up. But aye, it was it was a great ball in, and it's one of those you know that is. I don't think Andy Constantine's positioning is actually great at all, in all honesty. But it has the, the danger of the ball. We'll talk about the quality of the ball rather than his position. And there's always that opportunity, that chance that it could just come off a, a dangling leg. Um, it could be possibly the most embarrassing second embarrassing thing after that video. But he gained probably more fame than he ever really would have any other way um, for, for being at the um, at the heart of the Yes That I Can Boogie shenanigans. But, I'm convinced um, that got me Scotland caps. There's well, of course no it way did. No way, it. No way, no way. His defending certainly didn't get on it. No, not a chance. Not with that. Not um, but no, it, it, was, it was very much deserved. Very much deserved. Yeah, taking the lead just before half time, James, obviously kind of ruins the game plan that St Johnston thought they'd been executing um, right up until then. And as you say, very clever bit of football that opens up the defence. And I think that's what we don't do enough of. I see a lot of these floated balls in, and how many times are you saying that there's only one player in there? If you stick that ball in low and hard, there's every chance a wee deflection like that ends up in the back of the net. And I think that's something we need to change up a wee bit. Let's mix up the crossing. Let's not float everything. Let's get it in low and hard. Let's see what will happen. And as we say, take the lead after 41 minutes. And it was a well-deserved lead. Yeah, it's just like we were talking about earlier with taking shots from the edge of the area. Sometimes when you're not able to break down a team that's sitting back like that, just take a chance. Just drill the ball in. Because they're going to panic when a ball's coming in that low and that fast. And as we saw there, Andy Constein was just the unlucky man that turned into the back of the net. We need to try and cause some chaos in that back line when they're sitting deeply. So, I don't mean chaos and then capitalising off of that. But if we can do that when the going gets tough and these teams are really hard to break down, we can reap the rewards. Yeah, definitely. And Amy, can we go in? 1-0 up at half-time. I think the sort of mood is, let's go out for the second half, let's try and get another couple, let's get the game put to bed. We can make the changes ahead of Tuesday night. But Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. One change was made at half-time, and we believe this was an enforced change as he's missed training today. Jota comes off for Maeda, and if he is missing tomorrow night, that is a massive miss for us. It's, um, aye, horrendous. Um, he's, he's just so good. He's so good. And he's just a joy to watch. Um, it's far from ideal. Um, and, yeah, it's a little bit concerning today that... Uh, that that he has missed training, um, not ideal the day before. So uh, the concerns are slightly creeping in because I, and I, I do like Maeda, but um, something's 
no clicking in the out with um, with Maida. Certainly not yeah. in front of goal. Um, you know, and I, I, I'm trying not to be too harsh because it's not. It's only a few games, but there's just something that's you're seeing quite a drop off between. You know, there was a huge drop off in the first half quality to the second half quality down that down that flank, um, and you just you know Jota has that moment of magic within him, and I don't quite know if Maida does. Um, he can maybe create something, but. Uh, it's been a wee while since I've seen like right. That's maybe why Maida's in the in the squad in the team right now. So it it could be huge, um, and it certainly could be crucial because you know Jota as well. You even watch him as, as the Champions League music's playing, and you know as the camera pans on the starting lineup, he, he's always well up for it, and he knows that you know all eyes are on him, um, mm-hmm. or certainly a lot of eyes are on him, um, and it is his moment to shine. So you know it's not. It's not like a drastic drop off, but I think you're now actually seeing, as well as Jota improving, because I think he is, you may be just seeing a slight drop off in Maida that I think was maybe setting us all woohoo last season. See, when you think back to Kyogo's start at Celtic, and we sort of accommodated both Kyogo and um, it was Edward at the time by putting Kyogo out to the left, and there was a, this sort of thing about he wasn't as efficient out there on the left. and um, he was better through the middle. Maeda is a very interesting one because I've seen games where he's played out in the left and he's made two or three assists, he's put some really good crosses in, he's took his man on, he's beaten him, especially against Rangers. He, he tends to have really good games down that side. And then I watch back that game from Saturday and I'm going, he was almost non-existent in that second half. And I don't know if it was... The conditions, I don't know if it was a pitch, I don't know if it was made himself, just wasn't up for that 45 minutes, but once the team starts sticking two on him, he seems to be very confused as to what to do, whether it be to try and bring someone else into the play, whether it be to try and take take the two of them on, but he just doesn't look comfortable on that left-hand side, and I'm just thinking there's maybe games where we go to places like St Johnston and it's a narrow pitch where... Maeda shouldn't be part of that unless he's going to play through the middle because he's not doing the high press. There was no high press really on Saturday um, and when he was out there it almost sort of pinned Burnaby back and that's where we didn't see him being as effective in that second half as he was with Jota in the first Amy. Yeah, um, I think you're, you're spot on and, and everything you just said there and I think there's a comment coming through that I think spot on. I don't think that his confidence is there right now. Probably doesn't. Not that he's going to be listening to me. Um, but well, not for much longer, anyway. <laughs> correct. Um, but I, he certainly does look a little bit short of confidence right now. Um, so yeah, perhaps you should stop being um, bad and down heavy on him. But I think you can just see that that drop off, and it is a little bit frustrating um, because he, he does have the pace and he does have that end ball product as well and I've really said all along that I really like Maida um, out wide with Yakimakis in the middle I think that's actually the better partnership than Kyogo and Maida really enough but that wasn't really on show on um, Saturday Um, so there was just something that wasn't really clicking and and it's hard to pinpoint um, which I think is a frustrating thing as well because you know the, the high press I think you're spot on um, that it wasn't really there and, and St Johnson were obviously playing quite a high line as well um, but aye, there's just there was a, a real distinctive right, Jota's not on the pitch right now sorry, vibe after half time mm-hmm. which James, is obvious because his hair stands out but 
<laughs> James, it, it, it just seemed to be that it was a get the points at all costs performance from Celtic and a lot of the things that we sort of practice on about this high press, about um, getting the ball in the deck, playing some sort of Celtic style football, um, taking the shots, it just didn't seem to be there and I don't know if it's all to do with the fact that you're bringing in six players from the team that played on Tuesday, maybe not all of them's played together, but it was just something that didn't click in that second half. Yes. As you said, the changes, but even some of the players that came on in the second half, like your James McCarthy's and your James Forrest, they haven't really played that much this season. So they might not be as clued up as the rest of the players that we see playing every single week, such as your O'Reilly's and your Hattati's. So that might be one reason why we struggled to break them down. Or it might have just been the desperation of the situation. We were St John, some were getting a few chances. Conor McLennan came very close, right? I think it was the 87th minute and mm-hmm, yeah. should have scored that chance but there was a real sort of desperation to it and that's not what you want to be seeing a team that plays as beautiful football as we do Yeah, you take a look at the chances that St Johnston had in that second half probably the closest one before the goal was Stevie May um, when he gets through one on one and it's a fantastic save from Joe Hart um, Joe Hart obviously looking to get a wee bit of um, reputation back after what happened through the week but he puts a fantastic save that puts the ball wide, Amy, and you're just thinking St Johnston were coming right back into the game, as James was saying, the chance from McLennan, which couldn't have been any easier for him, and there was an air of inevitability in the air, especially when I was there at McDermott Park on Saturday, that it was a case of when are St Johnston going to score and not if, and when the goal came, I don't think many people were surprised. No, I don't think there was a, a surprise at all, in all honesty. And I know uh, that never, you can come in for a bit of stick when you say that. Um, because, you know, oh, well, but, aye, but Celtic had X, Y and Z and Abadal should have had hatches and, and blah, blah, blah. But that's exactly, you know, the way that the game was panning out, despite being 1-0 down, that is exactly the game that, that Callum Davison would have dreamed of, you know. And actually Celtic only having a one a very slender one-goal advantage is even better because he knows that Celtic aren't going to sit back and they aren't going to protect. They're going to have to keep going in search of that second. And it does then allow St Johnson to just gradually build up and build up. And they were deserving of their goal. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it was inevitable. Um, I think I think you're absolutely spot on because there were the chances, there were the alarm bells ringing. Um, the manner in which the goals conceded, I know we will come on to it, but that's really, really disappointing. Like From a, a sheer Celtic perspective, that really shouldn't be happening, especially not at this level. So if that's happening at this level, then it is really of concern for, for European football. Um, but the chances beforehand, it's a fantastic save from Joe Hart. Um, I think it's great for his confidence. We're speaking of Maeda's confidence. You know, Joe Hart isn't a guy... Um, or well, perhaps maybe it is because when you, you listen to him actually speak about how much the the confidence which Ange Postecoglou put in him at the beginning of his time at Celtic was was so beneficial to him. But you know, this is a guy who's he's a veteran. He's been in the game a long time. A few tiny, yeah, okay, maybe not tiny. A few crucial mistakes. You know, he's, it's not going to totally. Uh, you know, he's he's not going to end up believing that you know he's a, he's a terrible keeper or anything like that. But you know, an arm around the shoulder maybe isn't a bad thing. Maybe that's a, a, a conception that we have as football fans. That, you know, right, as a mature player, that he, he'll be able to get on with it. And maybe they can. Um, but no matter what, that's, that's a huge moment for him as well. Just that you know, after what happened last week, but she, you know, there's nobody going to be harsher on Joe Hart about that than Joe Hart. Um, mm. You know, it's just a human nature, and especially the the, the quality that he is. Um, 
and then as, as James says as well, the, the, the Conor McLennan chance, that, that's a huge chance. And, you know, if that's the other way around, you know, if that's Abada, we're going, you know, that's another one that he really should have put away. Um, so the, St Johnston were se- certainly knocking and I will come on to the goal now, but it, it was deserved. And it is a little bit concerning that at that stage in the game against a side who up until, you know, a few weeks ago just couldn't score at all and couldn't score at all for the last year nearly um, and they're, they're a funny unit right now St Johnson you really can't put a finger on them because um, they were many people's favourites to it right they're basement boys and, and they're, they're certainly going down but you know Cam Davison's managed to work his wonders and I think a huge credit has to go to St Johnson board for keeping him in you know because after what happened at the tail end last season on the back of the cup double uh, winning season you could have easily just chucked him out the door and then ever, and it's proven fruitful that you know if you just stick by a manager and persevere, that you know good can come back again. So you don't turn a bad manager or a bad coach or, or a bad player overnight. Um, so a, a funny, a funny setup, I but I very deserving of the of the goal that did eventually come. Looking just the, before the goal, James, you look at what was left on the park for Celtic. Now, Ange made the five changes, obviously, one at half time, taking off Jota for Maeda. Um, in the second half, we do our usual triple substitution around about that 60 odd minute mark. Everyone knows it's coming. Um, James Forrest for Abada, Abogard for Matt O'Reilly, and Aaron Moy for Rio Hatati. And then about 15 minutes later, we bring on James McCarthy for the very impressive uh, side, Haksabanovic. At that point, we're sitting with three defensive midfielders on the park, you're sitting with a back four, and you're sitting with potentially the outballs of James Forrest, Dyson Maeda, and Georges Giacomacchus. Now, of the three, Giacomacchus is obviously a target man. The other two have been um, in and out of form, let's say, for Celtic so far this season. Credit has to be given, though, to James Forrest, because I thought he actually did good performance when he came on. I think he loves playing at McDermott Park. I remember that when he scored four in the first half um, a couple of seasons ago over there. But you're sitting there thinking, if St Johnston score, where is this second goal coming from? And after 91 minutes, sort of careless three kick to give away um, from Cameron Carter-Vickers. The ball comes over, Aaron Moy's not following his man and Mitchell sticks it away. He's got time to bring it down and put it in the back of the net. At that point, you could have been completely forgiven for thinking that's two drop points here today. Is yeah, that James? Twitter was yeah, James absolutely crazy. And I can I can imagine so because that might be Twitter's least favourite line of substitutes I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> but from the, the defender at the free kick was shocking. I mean it's always frustrating to concede a goal from a set piece. I mean we saw that lockdown season where the set pieces were going around Every single game, really frustrating, and I'm sure. I think we'll, we'll come. We'll come not back be, to James in a, a wee minute. Well, that much space in the bottom of the game. Um, James, where are you? A, I think James is accommodation at their absolute best. <laughs> um, well, well, I can't say much as a West Coaster, but I mean. You know, <laughs> The reputation. Well, even right? the police cars go by in Greenock. Aye, that's just standard. <laughs> I mean, that's them just going for their lunch. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the free kick was very needless to give away, Amy. Cameron Carter Vickers, he'd done it a couple of times. He got booked for it there. Um, it he wasn't... wasn't to be booked before as well, by the way. Like, there was the one earlier on when it kind of went in. Uh, it was almost the knee into the back as well. Like, that easily mm. could have been a book in. 
I think St Johnston knew what he was going to do and they played for it. Um, and fair play to them. That's when you see something like that, then you've got to target it. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that he's got time to bring the the ball down and then put it past Joe Hart, that's really frustrating, especially when it's actually a very good finish for a centre half. <laughs> I know, it really is. It's very frustrating. Um, and it's something that I wish Celtic centre-backs could do more. I, I, it's one of my biggest bugbears, you know. Maybe not necessarily a, a strike like that, but you know, huge centre-halves and they just do not score the amount of goals that, that they really should. Um, but going back to this, it's just it's a simple ball clipped in that nobody really seems to, you know, almost like, nobody just marshals it. Nobody even is really, like, watching the flight of the ball, which is frustrating because it's it's so direct, you know, it's... Not from a wide position, the free kick, like it's like obviously it's a lot, but it's not exactly right down the middle. But it's not right out on, on the um, on, on the touchline or anything like that. And it's just a really kind of straightforward ball right into Mitchell, who should never, you know, a centre half of all players should never have the time to bring it down, to be able to bring it down. And then, you know, it's, it is, it's a sweet finish, and um, absolutely. You know, McDermott Park, the fans for St. Johnson that were there uh, erupt, and, and rightly so, because, you know, by that point, you think that they should be able to see that out. Um, but it's really, really disappointing from a Celtics perspective, and it's not a kind of goal that should be conceded at, at any level, really. It's basic, basic stuff. Um, and I know it seems like we're going quite heavy on it, but it is, it's that simple. It's mm-hmm. not an ideal foul to give away anyway, um, but then you've got to be able to manage you know, a, a, a simple, a simple, straightforward ball coming into the box. You know, it's clear where it's coming from. It's not, it's not open play. It's not like a nice bit of play. It's just simply this one ball lofted in, um, in the centre half, having time to to bring it down, and um, obviously that being Alex Mitchell and getting to score. It's, it's a really, really disappointing goal. And it was, it was funny though, because the minute that the ball was placed and, and Alec Crawford standing over it, I was saying to my dad, I'm like, this is, this is in. And that's what you were speaking about earlier, mm-hmm. that inevitability, because the, the, the chances were coming and it shouldn't, it, Johnston should have to work for a goal against Celtic and he didn't have to do an awful lot of work for that you know the Stevie May chance is nice he actually has to burst um, and get away from his man and get shot away from not the easiest of angles um, it's quite acute in the fact that he's taken it from his um, his right foot I think um, but that is just you know it's so straightforward and like I say it's it's schoolboy football sort of stuff schoolboy defending that Celtic just do not deal with the simplest of balls into the box So just hearing from James that his Wi-Fi's cut out so uh, as you're saying, it must be that student accommodation. They're putting the prices up there. This ridiculous. is this is ridiculous. ridiculous. I'm sure that there'll be a strike action against that soon. Um, so just whilst he's not here, Kaiser HTCC comes in to say that James is <laughs> a reporter for his goal, always lags out. Um, Stephen McGonagall, James is on the Celtic TV Wi-Fi. And Tab Mark came in to say, James, Outer Hebrides Productions, probably better Wi-Fi there than what you get. Probably. Accommodation. Probably. Um, but yeah, that air of inevitability came with the last couple of minutes as St Johnston really pushed us on. And I was looking at it going, we're sitting far too deep, we're inviting this pressure on. And I, don't, I didn't think we were set up particularly great to, to sort of clear it. Um, a lot of people coming in saying some comments about the referee. I'm going to get to um, some of these decisions that were given and weren't given um, after we do the um, the final breakdown of the goal that won the game. Now there was some really good um, sort of. I'm trying to say well, a, sound, a really good soundbite 
from George's Giacomakis after the game. I'm not sure if you heard it. Um, basically, what he said was, as soon as St Johnston scored, he looked straight at the St Johnston goal and pictured what it would be like to score the winning goal with a couple of minutes to go. And lo, lo and behold, clearly it wasn't your, your new employers that picked up that <laughs> um, soundbite, but um, yeah, he said he pictured himself scoring the goal and lo and behold, two minutes later in the 95th minute, not the 96th as some people would say, um, fantastic cross from Bernabe, some great work from James McCarthy down that left-hand side as well. Um, and That's what he was brought in for. That's what that four-year deal is all about. <laughs> it's probably his biggest contribution so Getting far. Getting by an injured, limping Dre Wright. Um, oh, that, that was, was silly him. from Dre Wright. That was oh, absolutely honestly, stupid. I cannot believe that, that Callum Davis... Well, I can because he's not going to come out and slate his player, but I would. Um, I think that, you know... I hope to God that he's getting helters on training today, and um, because if that is it, that is just that's unforgivable. Twitter's been amazing actually, but um, you know I was like maybe going a little bit heavy there on, on Celtic's defence. Um, but you know if you are a St Johnston fan, a fan of Scottish football, in all honesty, anyone who you know, it is just unforgivable. I do not care. I want your foot to literally be dangling off, and you should be chucking yourself at James McCarthy. You know. I, even if you can't move, which, you know, I understand he's maybe in a little bit of pain, he's got a sore boo-boo, but, you know, do anything. Just chuck yourself at him. Take the yellow card, whatever it is. Haul him down, rugby tackle, like absolutely anything. If that was a Celtic player, you'd be demanding, you know, it's like Callum McGregor stuff last week that, right, you're not actually going to get it in a, in a footballing sense, so let's just take him at the game, wipe it out, because it could genuinely be a season-defining moment. Um, it could be a season-defining moment for Celtic, the goal, and it could be a season-defining moment for uh, for St Johnson from, you know, gaining a point and dropping a point. And the bottom half of the, the Scottish Premiership this year is so tight already. Um, you know, out of the bottom four, St Johnson are the only one not to pick up at least a point this weekend. You know, that could be huge. Um, and for it all to have been for Dre Wright just to, to hobble, there is like I say, unless his foot is genuinely dangling off, there is no excuse as to why he can't be um, absolutely chucking himself at, at James McCarthy because, oh, that's just totally and utterly unforgivable. So, Dre Wright goes down trying to win the free kick, clearly, um, with his cramp, but McCarthy beats a man to the ball, gets it down to Burnaby, who sticks a lovely cross, and it's in that that danger area where the goalkeeper doesn't know whether he can come out and get it, whether he's hoping that his defenders get it. But, I mean, absolutely fantastic finish from um, the the mystical Georges Giacomakis, who predicted it himself only um, a few minutes beforehand. And I was asking where he actually said it. It says Magnet 67 here. It was a Celtic TV post-match interview that he said it. So there you go, the big man predicting his goals. If he could only do that just like all the time, I remember Hatati said the exact same thing, that he pictured himself scoring um, against Rangers. If, we, if you guys want to do this all the time, we do not have any issue with that. If you want to predict yourself scoring a hat-trick every week, go ahead and do it. That's that's all. I mean, if it's as easy as that... Yeah, it's a terrific mindset to have as well. If it's as easy as that, then maybe, you know, Anglo Ty- Tyro here might just eventually get lucky with Katie Price. Especially with the amount of women that she, sorry men that she's been through, it can't be that far away from it being your turn angle. Honestly, just keep your head up, son. We'll get it eventually. Um, but yeah, of all the women in the world, you really picture yourself on a date with Katie Price. That's interesting. 
well, Anglo does. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, 2-1 Celtic. Absolute scenes in the... the well, what stand was that? And I can't remember the name of the stand. And the South stand, whatever it was. Um, literally just in front of me is um, Giacomacca sticks it away. And for those that left at one each, they got what they deserved, <laughs> in my opinion, because... You stay to the end, you back your team for 90 minutes and as Ange says, we never stop. When have you left early? When have you left early? Come on, I'm going to expose you. When have I left early? Because um, I hate leaving early. I hate anyone. Ross, Ross County in the Scottish Cup semi-final when they scored the penalty, I think it was. Yeah. And it was at that point where that was the worst performance I think we'd ever seen. I don't leave. I honestly, I've never left the game early. I can say that hand on heart. My dad would never ever let me. But yeah, as I, I, you're leaving at one one. What are you doing? What are you doing? Unless you're trying to get a train, which is hard. So you have to wait another three hours. So even harder on Saturday. But yeah, fantastic goal and the, the scenes. I mean, I don't know if you've heard Super Scoreboard. The the cut from that. Yeah. I'm, that's one of the many beauties being East Coast actually that I don't uh, I'm not, it's not on my airwaves um, I'm not a, a huge super scoreboard listener um, unless when I'm through I'm through at work and yeah it'll, it'll cut to that on the radio but I've not heard the sound I don't know what I can't even where was I yesterday I must oh, I was working um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Because I've missed all sound bites this weekend, clearly. So, Super Scoreboard, just as St. Johnston's score, um, you, they, they see the goal flash and then it's a goal for St. Johnston and it cuts to um, the Mr. Eternal, Hugh Keevans, who goes on to say how Celtic are in disarray. This is a 1-1 in six games for Celtic. They're shocking at the back. They're shocking going forward. Um, and... St Johnston get exactly what they deserve and Celtic need to take a good look at themselves. And just as he finishes that, up pops, goal flash. 2-1 to Celtic. The horns that were beeping around Ibrooks suddenly went quiet 
as um, Hugh Kieran says that he predicted 2-1 Celtic at the start of the game. <laughs> There's something very poetic about that. I sh- sh- should leave that to, to Kev Graham, but um, that is... Um... Oh, that's this here. That's chewed me up a little bit. Yes, there's sometimes just wait until the final whistle. You know, if you just wait ninety seconds more, then you can say that spiel. Absolutely, but don't. Um, what's the saying? Don't count your chickens. Don't count your eggs before they hatch. Don't that's count okay. before they hatch. Yeah, that's sort of uh, feeling rather appropriate right now. Um, yeah, definitely catch that sound bite. I'm sure, probably Tam Selick um, on Twitter. You'll be able to find it from there. But yeah, love it. Fantastic. Um, so 2-1, Celtic. Again, we go clear. We're top of the table. Um, and obviously we've got Hibs coming up on Saturday. Uh, a couple of big moments in this game is worth looking back on, though. Um, the first offside goal from George's Giacomacchus from the three kick. Very, very close. Not sure what would have given if VAR was there. But again, one of those ones where it sort of set the tempo for the second half because um, that linesman became very familiar with the Celtic fans. I have to say I'd love to have a go at, a, at an official um, but I've watched them back and I think the Lionels had a pretty decent day um, I think it's not too shabby, there's a, there's a lot of really really tight calls and I'm going to miss not being on Axon when VAR does come into action or maybe it'll be a blessing in disguise um, who who knows because oh, I just I don't. I fear for the game when this comes into play. But um, it is a, it's a very, very tight call. There's a, there's a, a, a what, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think. Of it. I've talked to my mind blank. There's a multitude. There's a multitude of um, very close VAR decisions and, and offsides at the weekend there. But aye, that line was um, he, he done everything in his power. For, for Callum Davidson's side, but no, I, I do actually think that he did actually have a decent game. I think when you look back at them, there's they are very very close. But I think maybe, I think maybe only I'm not so sure on the James Forrest one. But I think maybe the rest of them he maybe just got right. The May the one he definitely got right, and yes. that was really frustrating because I think George's Jackamacus was onside, but maybe I took it away from him. Yep. I, I, I'm, I totally agree with you because and, is, and that's the frustrating bit and you can kind of see that on Yakimakis' face as well and because I actually think that Yakimakis would have had the better angle on it um, yeah. but that's just as we're speaking about the um, the speed of Maeda it's can, uh, that's another thing you just get so frustrated because Daisy Maeda of all people has no need to be offside again, especially no. in, in the Premiership you know there is no defender that is going to um, be catching up with him or, or anything like that um, so I, that's the frustrating one absolutely because I, I agree with you I do think that Yakimakis was onside Derek Smith comes in to say that linesman I thought I'd tuned into Burniston he did have a wee bit of the Rab Florence look about him but we're not going to have a go at Rab because he's a good Celtic man um, right this one is unforgivable the elbow on Rio Hatati from uh, the Ukrainian player Kucheravi looking at it again the he looks to see exactly where Rio Hatati is he swings the elbow, catches him flush in the face, that's a red card every single day of the week so it's a high flying arm you know there's um, there's no doubt about that Uh, and there 
you know, it's just that basic thing. You know, if you do that in the street, you're getting arrested. Um, so you should be be getting sent off on a on a football pitch. It's, I, it's not a great one, and I don't really understand how that isn't picked up. Um, because I, that is absolutely most just definitely a, a red card. So I, the the offside's done very well with, but I, that that's a that's a stonewall red card. Mm. And I, I guess that was on the other side of the park, so. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was the, the other the, the linesman, uh, James Forrest offside. That one for me, at the time I thought he was miles onside, and then watching it back, I thought mm, that's See, very very know. close. It's very close. That's very close. It's not. I don't think it's the greatest angle on it as well. Like I want to be exactly right up it because you know when you're kind of at that like slight. Um, aye, there's there's just that slight diagonal. You need to be looking right up the line. I don't want like lines drawn on my screen. I'm really not looking forward to that. But um, I think I, I think personally that is that is the closest one. Um, and I don't know. There's always a bit of a player reaction as well. I think like he really really thought that he was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not quite so sure how confident the St. Johnson defence was that he was offside. Um, so I, I I look at the player reaction and I think. As well in the other ones, I think there's you know there's a slight hint that Yakimakis thinks that he's made there's 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 certainly a potential that he's went a little bit early, but I I just think there's something in that James Forrest one that I do want a line drawn against my screen (laughs) that I don't, but I do on that one. I'm just picturing you going up to the telly and going like, "Uh, nah, he's on side. Got like tape across it, absolutely. We're going to cover this one and then go back to one that I think sort of went in Celtic's favour as well. Um, but this one for me, another absolute stonewall red card. Liam, uh, Liam Gordon, when he brings down Haksabanovic, um, Celtic break from what is this in Johnston corner. He's already on a yellow card after talking himself into the book in the first half. And it's a, it's a, it's a rugby tackle. There's no attempt to make the ball. The referee plays the advantage, never goes back to speak to him. For me, it's a second yellow card and he should have been off the park. Yeah, it's a second yellow every day of the week. And, and that's what I mean like with, with Dre Wrights as well. And I know there's some people that, that don't like taking up a, a professional foul, but, you know, it is a part of the game. Um, and it is, becoming, it is becoming a huge part of the game now. And I think when you look at it last week with Callum McGregor, it, it proved beneficial. That is a professional foul. You know, that's all that is. Um, and we'd be furious if we never took it. Although I need to have a word with you, the fact that you thought that Stephen Wells was covering him. In fact, we'll not have a word because he just wasn't there. Um, but that Liam Gordon, uh, I'll just go talk long enough so you forget. Um, but I, that's just a, a simple yellow card every every day of the week. And the fact that you're already on one, it's a really silly foul to take. Um, or it's a, it's a very silly foul to take the fact that you are on a yellow. Other than that, you're, you're hauling back a, an attack, which, yep, that's going to happen. That happens in the game now, as we see week in, week out, um, across the board. But, um, yeah, I think that's a perfect comment just came in. If he wasn't on a booking, it would have been a yellow because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the simplest. It's one of those, as a referee, you would just sort of go, oh, that's a nice, easy one. There's no controversy here. That's just simple in the book. Job done. Um, so it's it's ridiculous that, like, so what, I'd love to question a referee after the match on that. So did you not see it? Is that why you're not booking him? Or did you not think that it was worthy of a yellow card? Do you not think that he has stopped an attack? Because there has to be an answer to one of them that he now then thinks that that's not a yellow card. And I don't know how you can answer wrongly to either of those questions. So, you know, that's it's just as blatant as can be. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do agree. I've seen this. It's not just Celtic, it's definitely across the league. See if a player's in a yellow card already, they almost get that extra leniency that shouldn't be afforded to them. Because, on the ref because others just cannot wait to then get a second yellow at the park quit, but Well, um, finally, going to look at Stephen Welsh's tackle in the first half. I think he was very lucky. Um, very lucky, first of all, that he got the ball. Um, and second of all, that when you look at it, I think if it's a different referee, he could have potentially been walking off the park. It's not one of his finest moments. Um, it's absolutely not. And I think you know there was. I think that's fair to say that there was just maybe a little bit of leniency on both sides um, because it's not a great tackle at all. Um, and I'm actually surprised that there hasn't almost been more clips about it going round. Um, you know, from certain accounts. Because it wasn't actually the the, the best. It wasn't. It, it just wasn't really timed to absolute perfection. And I don't know if you should really be going for it. Um, and and like I say earlier as well, I think that Carter Vickers is quite lucky to not be booked earlier on in the game as well. Mm-hmm. If he was on a booking, would he have made that foul that obviously led to the free kick towards the goal? You don't know. You can't. You know. Um, envisage that sort of thing. But I there was ah, that, that Welsh one's not great. No, definitely not. And I think it was one that we got away with and it sort of affected his performance throughout the rest of the game because there was times he would have normally put his body on the line where he, he couldn't do that because he's sort of walking that tightrope. But um, it was good to see Cameron Carter-Vickers back in there alongside him who could sort of deal with this sort of dirty mess and he would be there to, to clear it up. But overall, three points in the bag and there's going to be a lot of these performances this year, Amy. It's just going to be a case of getting the points on the board and keeping it ticking over. It's season-defining stuff, and I know I've said that already, and it seems a little bit um, a bit of a cliche, but it really is. The last two weeks, they are two huge season-defining victories um, because, you know, if, it, if it's a point, and then obviously with it being the early kickoff as well, it didn't perhaps um, really affect other results elsewhere, but, you know, if Celtic, you know, it would be, if it was the other way around, you know, if they were the early kickoff, you kind of look at that and go, right, right, they drop points, let's go. Um, so there's, there is always that caveat of being the early kickoff. So it's imperative to get that three points and just, you know, keep a, keep ahead of the game, keep ahead of the three o'clock kickoffs. And then obviously last week as well came down to the Callum McGregor incident because that could have been, um, yeah, just a, another drop two points because you would have to fancy um, that, that Motherwell would have went on to, to score there. So it is, it's a huge victory that, again, not one that you're really necessarily going to mull over, which is not great because like, that's three Premiership games on the bounce now that you don't want to mull over. Certainly not St Mirren. Um, not really Motherwell last week. That was kind of just job done, move on. And yesterday, oh, sorry, Saturday seems very much job done, move on now to, to tomorrow. Um, but I think Celtic are due... Even if it's not a, a great scoring one, their due performance, because, yeah, the, the chances were there on Saturday, but still wasn't a, a complete performance by any means because it did allow St. Allow St Johnson to come back into the game and obviously conceded as well. So a clean sheet and a, and a decent performance would certainly um, be very, 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 very well received. We look ahead to Leipzig tomorrow night and um, as this, this start line says here, how will Ange line up against RB Leipzig? Um, I'm going to give my team, I'll get Amy to give hers and then um, I'm going to give what I think is the sort of three key um, ideas to success tomorrow night. Tomorrow is massive, three points would give us such a boost in the 
um, chances of qualifying for the last 16, um, even a, a big boost in the chances of qualifying for the Europa League as well. Um, I'm going to go with Joe Hart and goal. What a shock. Wow. A back four of Joseph Geranovic, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, if he's fit and he's available, I would go with Jens alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers and Taylor. Um, yeah. My midfield three would be Rio Hitati. Um, yeah. I would go with Oliver Abogard and Hak Sabanovic. Um, and then I would go with a front three of Abada Kyogo and, if he is fit, Jota. You're dropping Matt O'Reilly? Yeah. Why? The reason I'm dropping Matt O'Reilly is I think when you looked at that game last week, I just thought we could have been doing with two holding players. And then the fact that Cal McGregor's missing out of that game tomorrow, I just think alongside Atati, Abogard's a great option to put in there. Um, having O'Reilly to potentially come off the bench, which would strengthen the bench as well, um, I think is a good shout. Um, I don't think O'Reilly's front three, if, if, if all fit, Abada, Kyogo and Jota. Um, so you're looking at guys like um, Juranovic, eh, sorry, Jack and Marcus to be able to come off the bench, um, Maeda, Forrest, O'Reilly, um, I don't think Turnbull's going to be fit enough. He's still got tonsillitis, apparently. Um, but things like that, I just think we're going to need more than just the 11 that start the game tomorrow. I think we are going to need some good options off the bench. And um, if we can keep it tight for 60, 75 minutes, I think we'll get a really good chance. Interesting. I'm um, not in agreement. I was in agreement. Um, same back four. And I would go Jens if Jens is um, fit. And if not, I would go Welsh. I would, um, you know, it's, I'd, I understand what you mean about defensive. And I like going defensive. I say that all the time, especially in Europe. But this has now come down to a total must-win game. Um, you know, can't settle in or, or um, can't settle for anything less than that, sorry. So I would be inclined to go with Hitati, Hatsbanovic and O'Reilly and go out full attack, I really would. Um, and I would go, if fit, yep, uh, Abada and Jota, but I would go with Yakimakis through the middle, mm. um, which, you know, it, it really is six and two threes um, because you're going to bring the other one on with at least, you hope, around 25 minutes to go either way. But I, I would give Yakimakis a start, I think, for his confidence as well, more than anything. And I know that this is a game that you need to win, so it's not about just adhering to personal needs. Um, but I think if you give the big man a few games in a in a row, he, he will score goals. His confidence will be high. You know, if that's the way that he's speaking after the game, you know, with his visualisation um, and that sound bite, then I think that he's, he's more than merits a start. Um, Kyogo it was a frustrating week last week I think that's fair to say as well and let's just try and confuse Leipzig a little bit and um, shake things up and, and, and Yakimakis is a totally different obviously outlet to um, yeah. to Kyogo and I would have to go O'Reilly because in a game that we need to win we need to score goals we need to create chances I would have to have O'Reilly in there Looking at it I watched Kyogo warm up for 20 minutes in front of me on Saturday and when the final sub was made and James McCarthy came on, the only thing I could think of was he's resting him for Tuesday night. Yeah, I understand that. I do. I get that. So I wouldn't. That's my lineup. I don't. Mm. I do think that Kyogo will start because I think yeah, you know, if he's not playing but still 
warming up and you know keeping um, keeping himself fit for for Tuesday. Yeah, I have no doubt. It's not going to be a huge surprise if you see him in the starting lineup tomorrow. But if it was me, which it's not, I would go Yakimakis. And I think many are probably thankful that it's not me in charge. Um, I, I think the one thing that sticks out there is that Haksabanovic's performance yesterday has absolutely played him into a jersey for Tuesday night, which is what you wanted to see. And I think Burnaby will be very unlucky if he misses out as well, because the two of them were very, GT, very solid GT, yesterday. GT, I know, the GT, GT. fan club. Um, but yeah, for me, the three keys to success for this game, the first one, we have to get back to the high press. Yes. The high press worked very, very well against Real Madrid. Um, it enabled us to create a lot of chances, and we've got to um, take... Excuse me, sorry. More of those against uh, Leipzig and hope to create the same amount. Second one, composure. I'm looking to see a lot more composure on the ball, I think, against Leipzig away last week. Um, at times, we just lacked that composure in the middle of the park, especially after Callum McGregor went off. Um, so I'd like to see someone really get a hold of the ball and bring it down. And third one, we just have to start taking our chances. As Ian Matheson says here, we need to score one more goal in them. And that's, the bottom, that. that's that. the bottom line. We've created 40 attempts now in Europe over three games. Um, we are creating chances. We've just got to be a lot more clinical in front of the goal. I, it's just it's as simple as that. I think that's the perfect mantra. You know, you just need to score one more goal in them. Football's a simple game when you break it down. Um, and we can sometimes try to overcomplicate it. But it's... Um, Aye, it's it will all come together eventually. I'm remaining very optimistic, um, but I don't know. Celtic are going to win tomorrow. I really don't. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I don't know. Where, not, I don't... On your on your last show, I'll not make you predict it. Thanks. <laughs> I will say that Leipzig drew one each with Mainz at the weekend. He does. Um, Christopher and Kinku continuing his fantastic scoring spree um, to get them level. So. Um, I just think under the lights at Celtic Park, if we can create an atmosphere like we can, um, uh, we've seen it from other teams before that they come here and they, they take a bit of getting used to that. So I think we have to be very, very um, efficient from the word go and hopefully um, we can um, put in another incredible European night under the lights at Celtic Park. Um, so we're just about wrapped up today's um, Axon Bulletin. It is... Amy's final Axon Bulletin. Um, two years she's been here. Uh, we did our first show together about two years ago. We did. Uh, we're now going to finish it with ourselves two years ago. Um, you've been an absolute pleasure to work with. Uh, and I know that you're going to have a fantastic career. So all the best oh, to you. Oh, yeah. Just don't... Big gimp. you going to make me great. <laughs> Just don't forget about us all when you're rich and famous and you can get us some tickets for the Aye. hard to get to games, you know what I mean? You know I'm still going to be coming at you begging for tickets, so um, <laughs> asking for the Greenwich supporters plus any spares. <laughs> um, but there's there's one note we would both like to finish on today uh, and we want this to be something that um, you take away from today um, and you, you really consider after this. So um, today is World Mental Health Day. Um, one in four people in the UK will experience um, a mental health problem over their lifetime, whether it be anxiety, panic, depression, loneliness, fear, um, and even sadly, some people um, have suicidal thoughts. COVID and lockdown has increased the levels of mental health problems by uh, 25% in young people 
and both myself and Amy have experience of people close to us who we no longer have with us because of um, stuff like this. Um, we've had multiple messages from people who are regular listeners to Celtic State of Mind, um, who during lockdown looked to this programme for something to look forward to on a daily basis. And it made us extremely proud to be able to provide this content for you. Um, as I spoke to some people personally um, who worked in the care sector, um, who found it very, very difficult um, to sort of get through all this. And um, the fact that we have come together and we've built a community here at A State of Mind um, for me is is a fantastic thing. Um, Amy, I know you suffered from the loss of one of your close friends last year, and it was it was very difficult. And it, it's just a, a sad period of this is what we're living through. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. There, there is, and there's always somebody. If there's, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And there's always somebody at the end of the phone as well. Um, and I, th- I think that's more important than anyone, you know, uh, more than uh, more important than anything. Sorry, um, you know, just talk. Just that, that's the it's the key message to come out of all of this. And you know, you don't need to know the person. I think you're spot on that. You know, any one of us, a, a Celtic state of mind, anyone part in the wider Celtic state, a Celtic state, anyone a part of the wider a state of mind team, um, you know, just DMs are open. Um, and you know, that doesn't just speak for us; that speaks for for so many people. Um, I think you know we can say that social media can be a really poisonous place at times, and you know, we've both felt the effects of that, which can have a, an effect then resultantly on mental health. But you know, it also allows for you to speak to people that. Sometimes it's easier to not speak to speak to somebody that you don't maybe necessarily know because it's hard to speak to your nearest and dearest. I appreciate that. So you know, if anyone would, would ever you know, much rather that you wake me up at two o'clock in the morning um, in need of a chat than you know to to hear of, of terrible news the next game following morning. So um, yeah, it's okay to not be okay, um, and it's it's so important to talk. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with everybody that's here. I was recently diagnosed with mental health problems about three months ago. Um, I missed podcasts, I stopped going to parties, I stayed in and um, it wasn't until I saw the effect it was having on my fiancé and my family that I decided that I needed to go and get help. Um, And I I have to say, as a a man, it sounds so much harsher, but it is harder to go and ask for help because we're seen as these sort of stronger individuals, which is not right, it's not true. Everybody can have a weak moment, everybody can um, break down, and the help is out there. And I can tell you, I'm still on my journey just now. Um, I've thanked a lot of people. Amy's been here for me when I spoke to Amy. Um, there's there's so many friends and family there that do Because have... we love you, Colin. <laughs> There is people out there that will listen to you. Don't become a statistic, become a survivor. And the help is there. If you ever want to reach out to any one of us, as Amy says, we're all here for you. We are part of the Celtic State of Mind family. We're part of the Celtic family. And um, yeah, no matter what it is, then there's always someone there for you. Don't become a statistic, become a survivor. It's a perfect way to round it off. And I love you, Colin. Let me do, pal.
Ruben right, Machine. Right, I'll talk quickly, right? So wrap it up, wrap it up. Can't finish on saying that. We're going, we're going to miss you, pal. Um, we'll be back next week, myself and James, and I'm pretty sure that um, Paul be will comments. be joining us as well. When Amy will be, be watching work. from her new fancy uh, job. To everyone who's in the comment section, take care of yourselves, reach out to others, and know what? Here's to a victory tomorrow night. Hail, hail. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.